Hi, everybody. This is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. I wanted to go over some of the YouTube videos that are out there right now, and they're talking about this ring of fire, the perfect storm, earthquakes, all kinds of stuff like that. So let's get into that just a little bit. I want to go over that with you and correlate that with Mark 13. Mark 13 in your Bible. What in the world are pastors out there doing these days not talking about prophecy? I don't get that. But hardly any of them are talking about prophecy. Why not? Over a quarter of the whole Bible is prophecy. The Spirit of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Here's what it says in Revelation 19 and verse 10. Well, let me back up to uh, verse 9. This is, I'm reading out of the NIV. Then the angel said unto me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These words are faithful and true. These are the true words of God. At this I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, Do not do that. I am your fellow servant, a servant with you and your brothers, who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the spirit or I'm sorry, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Wow. So if prophecy is important to Jesus and one quarter or more of the Bible, almost a third really of the Bible is prophecy, why aren't these pastors teaching it? Well, they're not learning it anymore. So it's hard to teach what you don't know. It's hard to teach what you don't study. It's hard to teach what you don't learn. In the King James, it puts it this way. And I fell at his feet to worship the angel, and he said unto me, See that you do not do it. I am your fellow servant, and of your brothers that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Wow. So I think if it's important to him, it ought to be important to us as his students. Look, we are being prepared to run a kingdom, to run a government under Jesus as King of Kings. Why wouldn't we be interested in everything to do with this king? If you were going to be the right-hand man or one of the cabinet in, say, the current administration, Donald Trump, under him, wouldn't you want to know all you can find out about him? What's, his, what, what's he like to work with? Is he a pain? Is he trouble? Does he get angry? Does he throw things? Or is he calm, rational, and reasonable, and does he want your opinion? Well, I think the latter. So, we, under Jesus, should want to know all that he knows and what he wants. 
And he gives it to us in the Bible. All we have to do is go in and get it. So shame on those pastors who do not teach prophecy. Shame on them. They need to study up, learn prophecy. And that's what I'm hoping to help you do right here. So let's get into Mark 13. And uh, I'm going to start at number one. First verse. And as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples said unto him, Master, see what manner of stones and what big buildings we have here. Wow. Now, some of these stones, by the way, weighed as much as 30 elephants, 30 full-grown elephants. It's like 200 tons. Wow. And that's one stone quarried from underneath and brought up to the surface. They knew how to do it back then by hand or by oxen or some other methods. Verse 2, And Jesus answering said unto them, See these great buildings? There shall not be one stone left atop another that shall not be thrown down. Whoa. Now why would that happen? Well, in that day, they Solomon actually covered those stones with a layer of gold. In order to do that, holes had to be drilled in the stone, I understand. Or I, I can visualize them, them trying to plate this. They can't just lay it on there. It has to be attached. And so they melt gold down into the pores of these holes. And then, while it's still hot, lay, overlay a layer of gold. And so the gold was embedded in the stones. That's why they were thrown down. When the Romans came, they wanted that gold. And so they pried the stones off, and they fell down to the ground and busted up the street below. You can still go there and see those stones to this day. And I suggest that if possible, you do that. I'd love to go myself. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, there's four of them. Wow. Plus Jesus, so that'd be five. They asked him privately, Tell us when, when shall these things be? And what's the sign when these things will be done or fulfilled? And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed lest any man deceive you or lead you astray. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and deceive many. And when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, don't be troubled, for these things must needs be. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, is that not what we see today? We see huge cracks crumbling into the earth. Wow. I mean, this is all over the place. It's in Zimbabwe and Africa and Europe and Japan and China and Russia. 
and in the United States, I might add. Wow. Earthquakes in diverse places, and then there shall be famines and troubles. Are we about to see a famine in the United States? What happens if California were to crumble into the ocean? Well, that's where we get our fruits and vegetables, folks, in the United States. We don't grow our own food anymore. We get people to do it for us. And those people mainly are in California. Read your labels. Where's your broccoli come from? Where does your strawberries come from? How about your peaches and your pears and your plums and your carrots? Well, they all come out of California. Famines and troubles. Trouble getting food, maybe? <laughs> that would be trouble, all right. But these are the beginning of sorrows. That's just the beginning. We've got cracks in the earth. We've got people falling in. Their homes are falling in. They're driving in. Their cars are getting engulfed. And so are their homes. They're crumbling into rubble. But take heed to yourselves... For they shall deliver excuse me, you up to the councils. I'm going to read that again. But take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to councils, and in synagogues you shall be beaten. That's not good. And you shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. And the gospel, that is, the good news that he is coming, that the king is coming in his kingdom, and that we are going to join him in ruling the world. Are you getting ready for that? I'm hoping you are. This good news must first be published among all nations. No wonder Christians are hated. We're the only ones who... Our, uh, our Holy Bible is so bold as to say, test me, prove me now herewith, that I might open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Where is that found in Scripture? Malachi 3.10 Put me to the test, and you will see that I will open the windows of heaven and pour out on you a blessing so that there is not enough room for you to receive it, says the Lord, the God of hosts. Wow. Malachi 3.10. So, all the others, all the other holy books out there never say a word about proving whether it's right or wrong. And there are other scriptures too, so go find them. That's my suggestion. So the good news of Christ's return and kingdom that he's setting up here, not up in heaven. We're not going to heaven. Just forget about that. It's not real. It's something the Catholics made up, just like the hell doctrine. They made it up. It's not in the Bible. Verse 10 says, And this good news shall first be published among all nations. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up to persecution, in other words, take no thought, no anxious thought beforehand, what you shall speak, 
and don't premeditate about it. But whatsoever you shall be given at that time or in that hour, that you shall speak. For it is not you that speak, but the Holy Spirit. At that time, brother shall betray other your um, brother to death, and the father of the son and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. Verse 13, And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that shall endure to the end, the same will be saved. We don't get raptured away from our miseries and troubles. Did Christ keep the twelve away from all the troubles? Now, all of them but one, John, died a martyr's death. Peter was crucified upside down. Dreadful. A dreadful way to go, that's for sure. But when you shall see the abomination of desolation taught by Daniel the prophet, and where's that found? Daniel 9.27. Standing where it should not go, let him, the reader, understand. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and he that is on the housetop don't go down into the house to get your clothes, neither enter therein to take anything out of his house. Let him that is in the field not go back again to take up his garment, but woe to them that are with child, or them that are giving nursing in those days. Pray that your flight be not in the winter, for in those days, the days of pregnancy, the days of suckling children, and the days of winter, those days shall be affliction such as was not from the beginning of creation, which God created to this very time, and neither shall be in the future. And except those days should be shortened, no flesh should be saved alive. Let me just stop right there and, and kind of unpack that a little bit. To say that those days must be shortened unless all flesh get destroyed, that's a big deal. That means you and me. That's us. We shall see days in the near future that will be so very troublesome, so very bad, bad days, scary days, that unless those days were cut short or stopped by Jesus himself's return, no one would survive. That's scary. That is really, really scary. But for the elect's sake, now the elect to me are the ones who elect to trust Jesus and to trust God with their very lives. For the elect's sake, those who have elected to um, have a relationship with him and trust him, um, for th their sake, whom he has chosen, it's not us doing the choosing, by the way, it's him. He has shortened the days. He has shortened the days. Verse 21, And then, if any man say to you, Lo, here's Christ, or lo, he's over there, don't believe him. 
For false Christs and false prophets shall rise, and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. But no, take heed to yourselves. Behold, I've forewarned you. What's the purpose of prophecy? To foretell the future, to warn you, to prepare you. It's not to scare you, but to prepare you for all these things. You know what's coming down the pike. <laughs> Most people haven't got a clue. Verse 24, But in those days and after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. Let's just stop right there and flip on over to Revelation 9, verse 2. This verse, to me, is the clearest indication as to what he's talking about here. What's going to make the sun darken? What's going to make the moon unable to shine? Well, verse 2 says it like this. Well, let's start with 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him, the star is probably the devil, by the way, to him was given the key to the bottomless pit, the pit of the abyss, it says in the margin. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke. Now, smoke is what billows up into the air, clogging the air up at a big fire. It takes fire to make smoke. There arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Honestly, folks, it doesn't get any clearer than that anywhere in the Bible. And check me out on that. You can go to Jeremiah 50 and read that whole chapter. You can go to Joel 2, verses 2 and 10. Revelation 14:11, Ezekiel 32 verses 7 and 8, and Isaiah 13 verses 9 through 13. And there are many other scriptures. Just Google the word darkness or darken in the Bible and see where it leads. And that's how you do a real Bible study, is you add up all the scriptures, like an arithmetic problem. When you add them all up, it says that the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke. It's not that hard to figure that out. Now, where is that? Well, it's in Idumea, according to uh, Isaiah 34, along about verse 9. So... Study the scriptures, and you will be ready. You will be forewarned. Where were we? Verse 24, we just read. But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. But that's halfway through the thought here. Verse 25 completes it. And the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. Let me just teach you something here if you don't know this. And many of you probably do by now. The stars of heaven can't fall. I'm not contradicting Jesus. The stars of heaven are 
little dots in the sky that twinkle. Well, they're not really little dots. They're far, far away suns, like our sun. Our sun is a star, a relatively tiny one, actually. But it can generate a lot of heat, too. It's very powerful. It has X-rays and gamma rays and delta rays and all kinds of rays coming out of it that damage our skin and turn it tan if you're a white person, stuff like that. Those are fixed in the heavens, and they can't fall to the earth. They can't fall to the earth. So what in the world is he talking about? Well, if you go out at night and look long enough, I suggest you lay a flat mirror on the ground and look down into it at the stars reflected in the, in the mirror. And watch carefully, because some of those stars travel. Every 10 minutes or so, you'll see one travel. Did you know that there are 22,000 or more satellites out there? Those satellites are the stars that are moving. They look just like any other star. Those are the ones that can and will fall, in my opinion. Why would they fall? Why wouldn't they fall is a better question, because if the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke, as it says in Revelation 9-2, then the radio signals that control the, those satellites and keep them in their orbit instead of falling to the ground can't function. So what happens when they can't function? Well, they fall. And there's your answer. It's the satellites, and they are all coming down some of them are as big as a two-story house. Please, dear God, don't let it fall on you or yours or me. That would be the end of it, that's for sure. The end of me. And then the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Well, the powers of the heavens are what keeps the earth in orbit. It's what creates our weather and our seasons. So those are the powers of the heavens. Well, those powers, if the earth gets covered in a blanket of black smoke from the oil fires that will be burning in the Middle East, and it will cover the whole earth because the earth turns, it's not going to be a localized fire. Now, the skies are going to darken every day until the point where there's no sunlight hitting the ground. No water is being evaporated into clouds, which are going to cause rain. So there won't be any rain, which means no crops, and people are going to be struggling to survive. Jesus said that no flesh would be alive. No, no flesh would survive unless he came and put an end to it early, before everybody died. So there you go. That's why. Then you shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. There's no pre-trib rapture here. This is after the tribulation. After the sun and the moon no longer shine. After the satellites fall. And after the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. 
the book of Isaiah says that the whole planet will be turned upside down. Can you imagine that? It will wobble like a drunkard. The whole earth is going to shake and every wall will come down, according to the book of Ezekiel. That's a problem. My house will be turned into rubble, and so will every other house on earth. The mountains will fall and crumble into gravel. Crumble into gravel. That's a lot of shaking going on there. Yes, indeed. But then you shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. Power to stop the earthquakes, power to get rid of the fire and the smoke, and to clear the air once more and restore things pretty much as they were, except the earth may still be upside down. I don't know. That's pretty scary stuff. We're going to have to get used to a whole brand new world. And Jesus is going to make everything all right. That's something to look forward to. That is the good news. Thank God we have such a powerful Savior as him. Verse 27. Then, then he shall send his angels. This is after that we all, everybody on earth, sees the Son of Man coming in the cloud. Sorry about that. Then he shall send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. No pre-trib rapture. Oops. Now... That was invented by a guy named Darby, who, uh, if you happen to have a Darby Bible, put in the footnotes that Jesus was coming ahead of time to rapture people away from their responsibilities. It's not real. Not according to Jesus' own words here. And you can also read Matthew 24 and uh, Luke 21 and other places which talk about it, but none of them get the order wrong. But we do. We we. This is wishful thinking. That's all that is. I talked to Jerry Jenkins, the co-author of the Left Behind series, face to face, and I asked him, "Did you base this series on fiction or on the Bible?" And he said, "Fiction. It's all fiction." Wow. Okay. So anyway, then he shall send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When her branch is yet tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. And so in like manner you shall see these things come to pass and know that it will be near, even at the doors. Verily I say to you that this generation shall not pass away until all these things are done. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his words will not pass away? (laughs) There's no place to live in heaven or in earth? Where are we going to put the word of God other than in our heads? Well, if you go over to Second Peter 
chapter 3, verse 13, we read something interesting that fits here, I think. I'll start in uh, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, um, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements of the earth, in other words, shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Now, it doesn't mean that the whole thing will be turned into ash. No, 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 no. Because look what he says later on here. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening, earnestly desiring the day, the coming day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Well, it sounds pretty much like it's going to be burnt up or ruined anyway. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. Wow. Interesting. You can't dwell in a land that doesn't exist. It's not going out of existence. It's going to be refurbed completely. So take heed, therefore, for you know not neither, I'm sorry, but the, of that day and hour knows no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but only the Father. So take heed and watch and pray, for you know not when the time comes. He reiterates that in verse 35, watch you therefore, for you know not when the master of the house comes. And then in verse 37, again he says, And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Read your Bible, my friends. And if you want to learn more, please go to my website. I have nothing to sell. I'm not asking for your email address. I'm not going to bother you. I don't want to bother you. I want to help you. I want to teach what I can. And you can go to itellwhy.com. That's the letter I, the word tell, T-E-L-L, and the word Y, W-H-Y dot com. And you can learn more. There's videos, there's audio books, one that I recorded myself, about the life and times of none other than our King, Jesus Christ. Get to know him, my friends, for you will have a place in his kingdom. And what a glorious place and a glorious life awaits Come soon, Lord Jesus. In the meantime, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.